0: I'm Anna and I'm Foz. We are the Growth Groupies Podcast and we're questioning the world around us. What up? <laughs> okay, go. Welcome back everybody. Today, we're... <laughs> Today you're tuning in for a fantastic episode. <laughs> Today we're discussing hustle culture.
1: Today we are questioning hustle culture. Foz, what are your thoughts?
0: I think, as a blanket statement for this conversation, I just want to say that my idea of hustle culture and productivity was way different pre-pandemic mm-hmm. than it is like post pandemic and yeah. and all of the years following 2020 so mm-hmm. I think that in my so mind true. there's like the before and yes. then the after <laughs> yes for sure um and some of that might have to do with uh well I graduated from pharmacy school in 2020 so Basically, my whole life leading up to that was, like, a race to the finish through school. Um, And then after that, I kind of had to reevaluate, you know, what does your life look like post-grad and Mm -hmm. pandemic and and all of that other stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, What are your initial thoughts?
1: I think I definitely, so just as, like, a general family dynamic, like, no specific people, not even, like, my immediate family, just, like, extended family. We have a family dynamic where women I don't really know as much about the men because I'm not a man and there's mm. not really very many men to be honest. Like most of my grandmother had like daughters, most of the daughters had daughters, so there's just like a lot of yeah. women. So I'm not really sure what like the male perspective is in our family on this, but definitely like women I love pause. I love this idea. Like the things they didn't know they taught us. I love that mm. phrase and Living my best life, I'd write a book called The Things They Didn't Know They Taught Us about this idea.
0: You can still write it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to! 2022! It's
0: 2023. (laughs) 2023! Yeah, uh, we're recording this (laughs) January 5th, 2023, just for the historians out there.
1: Um, I have ADHD, so I'll always be getting all the facts wrong constantly.
0: (laughs) I like the energy, though. It's good energy.
1: Um... And I love this idea that like parents and even just like adults and mentors like pass on these painful beliefs without even realizing that they're passing them on to the next generation because they believe them as truth so much. So it's like trying to know the oxygen, notice the oxygen in the room. Mm. Like you can't notice the oxygen. You know what it's gone, <laughs> But you know what it's gone. Like, <laughs> notice oxygen because it's all around it's like David Foster Wallace no idea who he is but I love (laughs) what he said he was like like you can't explain water to a fish because a Mm. fish is just like always in water yeah just like you can't like really like imagine like you don't notice the oxygen because it's just always there and I think that these toxic beliefs that families pass down from one generation to the next are very similar like nobody would consciously pass these down
0: no loving caring adult figure would pass these down consciously it's kind of like the intentions versus perception you can have certain intentions but the perception is on the person yeah, receiving that like for sure. they're gonna have it and I office. think
1: that these like fundamental beliefs or like limiting beliefs really affect like how we perceive things and how we perceive things differently based on like our family's assumptions about life and so and also, I think it is fair to say that sometimes these are passed down intentionally because there mm-hmm. a toxic there's a toxic family dynamic, and these beliefs keep everybody in check. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's true all the time, but I think it's just like needs to be recognized that sometimes that is at play. But my family definitely believes that women earn our worth by being skinny, mm-hmm. which was really um, like exaggerated. Then by growing up dancing it was like being skinny was all around me and it really really messed me up
0: well i was on your dance team and i wasn't skinny so (laughs) that's a consolation okay pre-pause you were
1: skinny but the fact that you thought that you weren't is like the point in itself no
0: that's an over like that's a ongoing theme is like yeah looking back at dance pictures and being like i was the big one on the team (laughs) um i don't like
1: like okay i guess i'm not fully understanding like in in but like, I feel like in my mind, you were skinny, but like you didn't, like body dysmorphia. Is that what, kind of what we're talking about?
0: Yeah. I mean, for for the listeners, um, <laughs> you know, in addition to looking at yourself every day in a mirror, I mean, Anna and I danced like basically every single day of the week, like yeah. 20 hours a week kind of thing. And you're standing in front of the mirror in a like A leotard, a leotard and tights, not mm-hmm. to mention... When you're performing, you're wearing even smaller costumes. Someone is coming in and taking your measurements. Every girl's in a line. You get your costumes all together at the same day. You're just expected to just change. Sometimes the costume doesn't fit. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. not like supportive, like whatever it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going through puberty at different times. Like Mm -hmm. it can be kind of a harrowing experience.
1: Oh, yeah. And there is this, I think there's a subconscious bias that a lot of people aren't aware of that skinny people are favored in dance.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely an old, an old stereotype. Um, I also think it's probably like a subconscious thing that whether people, you know, know it or not, they have Mm -hmm. kind of that, that feeling. Um, And I guess like specifically when we're talking about dance, we're talking about like the dance experience
1: that we grew up in. So that was like a studio where it's very like jazz ballet lyrical point like obviously there's lots of kinds of dance yes
0: we grew up competitively dancing you know a couple competitions a year recital Mm. um and I think I don't want to speak for both of us but I I definitely had a positive experience some Mm. of these things that just come along with the territory
1: oh for sure and I feel like yeah I guess people who don't know me know that I'm just really honest Mm -hmm. and so I dance like saved my life and I love dance so much and I feel it really gave me a sense of community Mm -hmm. that forever changed my life and a lot of my closest friends Mm -hmm. i danced with so dance was definitely like net positive but i was really susceptible to the inherent skinny culture that dance historically has Mm -hmm. really been a part of because my family also really values skinniness. Mm -hmm. And so I think that... And that's not to say that, like... I think it's, like, a thing with, with like, the dance culture. I don't think it has to be, like, anything with, like, a specific studio. Yeah. I mean, pink tights literally date back to, like, France and valuing white people more and wanting to make people more white. So that's why the pink ballerina tights were created. So I'm talking about, like... I'm not talking about, like, like a... like our studio at all. Yeah. I no. love our studio so much. I'm talking more about like dance culture in general. Yeah. And it just already was pre existing in the dance culture from like centuries back. Yes. And I think we're working really actively to change it. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I was more susceptible because my family also for generations have greatly valued being skinny. Yeah.
0: So you've got that going on at home and then you're yes. also seeing it play out mm-hmm. at dance um and kind of seeing the benefits or drawbacks that your body may or may not have in those different environments and i genuinely
1: always hated my legs because they were like too thick like i seriously have like a lot of body like body like dysmorphia and like body shame but hustle culture my family believes that like and nobody would say these things. Like, it took me until I was, like, an adult mm-hmm. to realize these things because they're never said out loud. But, like, my, like, grandmother would tell me, like, stop eating, Anna, you're going to get fat. Or mm-hmm. she'd be like, Anna, if you keep eating, like, you're going to be fat. And she'd be like, like, she would say those things a lot. Or, like, when you walk in the door, it's like, oh, there's more of you. Or, like, oh, there's less of you. Or, like, oh, you look really good. Have you lost some weight? Yeah. Like,
0: It was just always being talked about. Which, I mean, and maybe this is too much of a tangent, like I try to more endorse like a body neutrality, like I try to make it my best practice to not comment whether I perceive it as positive or Mm -hmm. negative, any changes, you never know if someone is sick, what Mm -hmm. they're going through and that kind of thing, but when you're hearing that stuff growing up, you must be thinking, oh, this is good when I do this, it's good, it's praised, Mm -hmm. and when you know, something else happens. It's it's looked negatively, or you hear how mm. they're talking about other people, maybe outside the family, yes. changes that they might be going through. Mm. Um, all the while, you're literally growing because you're a kid whose mm-hmm. job is to grow. I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: and just the fact that it's talked about so often teaches you that it's important.
0: Yes. So, do you think that in and maybe this is too much of a jump okay. so that in your family, like the the thinness and that aesthetic is also tied into. A sense of productivity and like hustling so that's what I was gonna say there are two ways that earn-
1: women earn their worth okay. being skinny mm-hmm. and by being productive mm. so it's so funny because so many like family members are like kind of like workaholics right like mm-hmm never really relax and like truly like I everyone likes to talk about how busy they are talk about how busy they are like me and like a bunch of my cousins were trying to like get together one time and we all whip out our calendars and they're like blocked solid Mm -hmm. like in 30 minute increments like like and I was like wow like I didn't realize that like you guys do your schedule like this too and then we kind of like got into this conversation about like wow like yeah, I feel like it is something that we just value, like that mm-hmm. like hustle and that productivity. And then I feel like we got more like introspective, and we're reflecting on that like culture at large. And I think mm-hmm. culture at large has this value on like you earn your worth first and foremost. And I think we need to pause there, because I was talking with someone. who is is from China and moved here when he was 10 to the States. Mm. And he, we're just being like philosophical, and he was like, well, don't you assume that everybody's good? Mm. And I go, no. I grew up Catholic, and so Mm. my (laughs) religion believes Mm. that everybody is born bad. And you need to be saved. Saved okay. by Jesus. You need to redeem yourself. And mm. that really, like, is a huge part. Like, my family is extremely religious. Mm. And so, like, our fundamental belief is that you are born bad. Mm. And God helps you, ret- like, God will make you pure again. Like, through God's love. Mm. And God will love you no matter how flawed you are. But you are born inherently sinful. And just, like, that first ideology... I think it's so significant because if you believe that people are inherently good or inherently bad, is the foundation of so much. So like in my family, it's like the Bible tells us that we are born sinful. That's why we have baptism, to clean our soul in case mm. we die as a child. And that's in just in case we die, we have a chance to get to heaven. If a baby dies before they have baptism, they're going to hell because they never had a chance to clean their soul.
0: Yeah, I think that was my argument in my faith statement I had to make for confirmation. In your what? Oh, your faith statement? We had to have a faith statement, and mine was basically like a five-paragraph essay that was like, I don't know if this is true, but (laughs) um, one of the paragraphs was like, you're telling me that a baby
1: who is like the most
0: purest thing is going to go to hell because they didn't Mm -hmm. get baptized. Yeah. yeah, that's maybe just a tangent. And but. so,
1: no, so true. And so, like, in my family, like, we're, we're religious. And so it's, like, we're Christians. So, like, we believe that like, you're born... Well, I guess, like, I shouldn't speak for everyone. Like, my yeah. grandparents were Catholic mm. on both sides. Yes. And my immediate family stayed Catholic. Uh-huh. So maybe Christianity is, like, more accepting. But, like, in Catholicism, it's, like, you are born sinful. Mm. um, And so, therefore... You don't just inherently have worth and value. Mm -hmm. Your worth and value must be earned. And how you earn that is by being skinny, Mm -hmm. by pleasing people, Mm -hmm. like the whole family were people pleasers, um, and by being productive, by like working. Because if you're not working to earn your value, then you have no value because you are inherently sinful. Yeah.
0: I wonder how much of that is also like intermixed with like, traditional american values yes. 100%. of like hard work and like yes. dig yourself out yes. kind of thing i, I don't know 100 percent, and that's
1: where like, i think like I, I feel like people who don't know me like this might sound harsh but truly like i'm not judging like i think that like nobody's at fault because mm-hmm. it goes back to like my, i know this because my mom taught me my mom taught yeah. me because her parents taught like her parents taught her like my grandmother knows this because her grandma her mom taught her and her mom taught her and it goes back like so no one's at fault. We're just all part of this system and this society mm-hmm. that values that. Like, American culture totally values being skinny and totally values being productive. So really, like, my family's just like a mirror of society, of American society.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. hmm
0: So those are my initial thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was a little more brief. <laughs>
1: you can just tell me like hey Anna no. can you pause so I can talk no that was fantastic I, mean... I will run I will like logoria. I don't know if that's a verb I think it's a noun maybe it's a verb I
0: have. It's an a idea, tremendous right? But if you sure. said I loggeria, which sounds disgusting, <laughs> I do it daily. Oh god, <laughs> all
1: day, every day.
0: And I guess it's a verb there. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. So, uh, for people parameter. who don't know,
1: loggeria means verbal diarrhea, and I have. I'm a person with ADHD, and that explains my existence most of the time <laughs> also can we just pause can you imagine what it's like to be a student in my class I'm just like ranting on all these like word vomit tangents and I'm they're sure like it's fun five now. years old <laughs>
0: I'm sure it's fun I mean I mean I, well first of all I probably placed way too much value on being a student and being good at school when I was growing up but I always was like okay like teachers are amazing how do I like You know, not in like a cringy teacher's pet way, just in like, okay, we've got work to (laughs) do Oh, I bet you're a teacher's pet. (laughs) Hey, that's how,
1: okay, (laughs) can we pause and have a real life chat here? Sure. Being a teacher's pet is such a life skill that directly correlates to success in
0: the real world. Is that studied by like a study or is that you're saying as a teacher?
1: Everything I say, most things I say are just made up in my own mind. It's all
0: anecdotal.
1: All anecdotal. It's all anecdotal. Oh. (laughs) So fact check everything. Really, I'm just planting seeds. Let me know. I want to know if I'm wrong, truly. So, like, Mm. call me out. Sound
0: off in the comments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but in a nice way, like, I have feelings too. You know, be like, hey, Anna, that's actually not true love that don't like bash me you know like i'm a human with feelings we
0: only have our own worldview, so
1: yeah and i only found out that people can hear voices and see things in their head like a year ago so really i'm just like fresh to this whole like full earthly experience but what i was going to say
0: you're gonna pause and ask me about being a teacher's pet thank you
1: (laughs) because i think that's such a real life i think that's like one of the most valuable skills you can have and I feel like it correlates to the real world because the real world is all about who you know all about networking. And so if you have if you have really strong like teacher pet skills, I feel like that translates to like really strong networking skills. Like networking with the people who are in charge of you. Like that is like the greatest skill in corporate America. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, I think some of the skills Some of them, yeah, I think I agree. There's like an overlap, but I also think some of the things that made me successful as a student don't always translate because um, I guess generally speaking, you know, like not in like a children are meant to be seen and not heard way, but like, you know, I'm very put your nose down, just do the work. You don't need to be schmoozing. You don't need to be brown nosing, Mm -hmm. you know, just put out quality work and be Mm -hmm. nice to people and you'll probably be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes that doesn't always play into the quote unquote office politics, but yeah, no one can like, usually see through it.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm often wrong. I personally really feel like brown nosing and schmoozing, like, is why people get what they get.
0: Well, if you don't ask, it's always a no. That's something so that I'm true. trying to get over because I always give myself the no before, like, even anyone yeah. else. You know, like. Um, for those that might be curious, which of course no one is, um, I recently switched jobs and moved to a bigger city or back to a bigger city where I'm originally from. Now we live
1: nine minutes away from each other.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a location
1: we're not going to disclose, so that
0: you won't kill us in our sleep. Okay, it's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Uh, but anyway, I was so stressed about even just applying for this job, as if like, what if they say no? And it's like, of course, if I don't apply, the answer is no. You know. I have a so, question.
1: Oh sure. You can't see. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> Sorry, you finish your thought first. No, I mean, no, no, I'm no, working no.
0: on not interrupting. People. No, no, no. That's that's all my that's I'm ready
1: for the question. Why is hearing no bad?
0: I feel like I go, this is not answering the question directly. <laughs> I feel like I sometimes I go as far as to be like, I won't even verbalize what I want. Why? Because then it will be a no and then I will look dumb for saying Mm -hmm, um just for as an example um like i've probably alluded to a thousand times i'm a pharmacist so after pharmacy school Mm -hmm. um, pharmacists can elect to do a residency which is additional postgraduate training it's preferred but not required and it kind of just depends on where you see yourself practicing regardless it's an extremely competitive process I was so stressed to even tell people that I'm applying or that that's even something that I want yeah. because I was afraid, well, what happens if I don't get this?
1: And what are you afraid
0: of? Like maybe like, the rejection? Yeah, that's what
1: I, I struggle with that one a lot. That's what I realized There's a lot yeah. of things. Like even just coming over here to this podcast, I was like afraid and I was like, Anna, what are you afraid of? And I was like, that father's is going to like think that you're stupid and reject you. Like no. that's just like probably isn't going to happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen even though like logically it seems so silly it really drives a lot of my behavior
0: on a subconscious and emotional level yeah I mean and I maybe that's one of those things like how people are wired as as humans I mean you have yes. to have a certain sense of that Yeah. or else people would just be like brazen and like <laughs> gluttonous and like crazy like I don't know like, yeah but uh, they're I don't know. Yeah, there is, like,
1: a social benefit that it makes... Like, to care about what other people think about you allows you to, like, get along with, with a social group better. But I think, like, all things in life, it's a balance. Like, too much of it is paralyzing and crippling. But then, like, not enough. You might be, like, annoying and very like selfish and nobody cares
0: but that's the thing one person's perception of what's annoying is going to be different than another person's I mean that's why there's like different like you're not people can be friendly to everyone but you're not friends with everyone oh and I feel
1: my personality really emphasizes that like some people love me and some people hate
0: me (laughs) yeah but think about so I'm sure as the listeners will gather,
1: <laughs> um,
0: Anna is a little bit more boisterous and slightly more outgoing, probably. I have,
1: I have ADHD. Like, it just infused my body. It's like, I don't really know if I believe in God, but for this analogy, let's say I believe in God. I think nice. like God just, like, gave me, like, an extra few volts when he, like, made me. He was like...
0: Which which is nice because, <laughs> you know, I, I do pretty well with listening. I think mm-hmm. usually I don't know you know. But I also, think. like,
1: I feel like I, need, like, eat listeners. Like I just like destroy them cuz I just like ha- I logeria.
0: <laughs> I need to look up that word. I'm like offense.
1: and they got there in a TV show, so let's hopefully it's a real thing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it's just a fun word, logeria. It's it's so fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so you're usually a great listener.
0: Well, I mean, I can be it depends, yeah. I guess, who I'm with.
1: Be but. confident. You are a great listener. Own it. Oh, so uh, yeah. I have,
0: I have confidence issues. I think that's <laughs> the one I come across, too. Well, I have listening issues, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so, Anna's really loud, and you're more quiet.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if quiet's right. I think I'm just a little bit more reserved, usually.
1: But I feel like you were getting to a point, and then I totally cut you off, because oh, I'm bad at interrupting
0: no, you. No, no, that's okay. I'm sure if it's important, it'll come back, if it's not, <laughs>
1: This is so embarrassing. No. This is like my worst flaw as a human. No, no, no.
0: I, no, it's, it's all good. Um, I don't really know. I can't remember what I was getting at, but, um, I guess a, just to go back to my, my opening line was <laughs> I have definitely noticed changes in, in productivity or even my general pace after the pandemic, after mm-hmm. things have slowed down a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and I used to book myself up completely. I mean, I would. You know, you wake up really early. Maybe get a workout in before mm-hmm. going to to work. Go to work. Come back. I'd have to study. I'd have mm-hmm. to do X, Y, and Z extracurricular because I have mm-hmm. to have everything look good for residency application. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to keep adding stuff to your plate. But mm-hmm. now that things have kind of slowed down a little bit in my adult life, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of pick and choose. But then it's like, well, am I not reaching? A, you know, what are my new goals? Mm-hmm. Are there different goals? I, I don't know. Aren't they important? So I don't know.
1: I feel personally that a lot of, like, I hustle because I think once I achieve whatever I'm Mm. striving for, then I will be happy. Then I will be lovable. And I think the hustle culture really really centers around this idea of worth. Mm. And I think that, I mean, COVID changed my life as we talked about in the first episode and that really gave me this whole journey like delved me into this journey also I misuse words all the time so just don't don't judge me enjoy it um (laughs) I have this like notorious habit of blending like the first and the last sound Mm. of two different words that
0: could have both been used in the sentence. Is it because you're talking so fast that Probably. you're just trying to get it all out, or? I mean, <laughs> Probably. So true. It, anyway, it's, so true. The, the listeners will <laughs> know.
1: Um, and I think that hustle culture is like centered around this like worth, and I yeah. think that worth comes down to this, like, I'm just trying to be happy, and I think when I'm worthy, then I'll finally feel happy. Because yeah. like we are just these little specks floating on another speck around the sun like we're mm-hmm. all horn here's a Who." dr seuss questionable but great idea <laughs> like okay i love dr seuss but like some of his books were like racist you know uh,
0: yeah i haven't delved into the literature <laughs> in my adult life uh, but
1: but horn here's a who and the lorax i really appreciate those stories
0: hmm.
1: imagine that we're just like a little speck on a little flower I mean, we are pretty much are. We're just a little speck on yeah. a rock floating around in the sun, right? So, we're tiny, insignificant. I'm not religious. Haven't been for, like, a few years. But I would say I'm spiritual, so I could believe in, like, a greater power most days. Some days mm. not. Just, like, why are we really here? But mm. as long as I'm here, I want to feel enjoyable feelings. Mm. I'll just, like, call that happiness.
0: But do you think that there's like a, either like a delayed gratification until you reach the goal or that your like life is kind of on pause until you reach the goal? Or are you still like living your life? Cause mm-hmm. I fall into the trap where I'm like, once I finish school, then my life can really start. Mm-hmm. Once I finish residency, mm-hmm. then I'll be great. Once I move, everything will be yeah. fine. And it's like your life is still happening in between, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff I put off because I'm like, it's not the right time. But yeah. there's never a right time.
1: And I think that really is the key. Like I think once you're enlightened, you're like, well, like you're living your life. It's like Hannah Montana. It's about the climb. Um. <laughs>
0: reference well no I know this song but I'm trying to think if it's Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus and like I didn't grow up listening to that music oh my god I I was obsessed well there's all girls in your family apparently I have a brother so you can't really just be listening to anything but anyway
1: so I think that it really is I feel like it's like I thought that like once I like achieved these goals or if I hustled hard enough that I'd feel good enough and then I'd finally be happy but I feel like real happiness as the pandemic has taught us Actually comes from less hustle, more time with yourself, more time to think, Mm. which is really uncomfortable at first because you have to deal with, like, a lot of emotional baggage and, like, really confront yourself. I think the true happiness comes from just being at peace with yourself.
0: Yeah. Which
1: I think requires, like, time alone and time to be bored.
0: Yeah. There's definitely... Frankly, I feel like I've almost had too much (laughs) self-reflection. Um, in the past few years, I mean, it's it's wonderful, but boy, <laughs> can it be dark? Boy, I know myself <laughs> well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think taking a step back though and and reevaluating um, is important. I personally do need some of that that hustle and productivity culture a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, it can be somewhat positive oh, um, yeah. to accomplish things, yeah. but you know, if if it's if you're running yourself ragged, just to mm-hmm. accomplish goals to please people that you don't necessarily care about? Like, that's mm-hmm. maybe a little bit too far.
1: Or who don't care about you. Maybe you really care about them yeah. and want their, like, validation. Mm-hmm. But if your validation is dependent on how much you hustle, then that is a problem in itself. But me, all the time, it's not like, it's like, I, I know these things logically, but then yet I'm, like, living these things out every day because subconsciously I still am, I'm working on knowing it on, like, a subconscious level. Like, I can know it consciously, but still these, like, limiting beliefs still determine a lot of my daily behavior.
0: Well, and it's like, it's in our, it's in our society. I mean, whether it be the importance that we place on... Being on time, being productive, Mm -hmm. um, having a list of things that you accomplish, which then translates into all of those reunions and meetups you go to where it's like, oh, I just graduated with this degree, I'm married, I have a house, I have, you know, I'm going back to school, like, whatever it is.
1: It's so true, and I feel like, I mean, this will probably go on our whole lives, and it definitely is like prevalent like in high school like what class are you taking what college did you get into but Mm. I just feel like as a kid like in elementary school it's just not really there and I feel like in my 20s is the first time that I've really experienced like just the pressure to like be on a timeline and to achieve Mm. certain things by a certain date and I just turned 26 and so I feel like I'm like closer to 30 than I am to 20 and that Mm -hmm. it's scary is scary because i just graduated six months ago and so i feel like i'm yeah. so behind and then i'm like well i've been single for the last three years what if i'm single for another three and then i'm 29 and then my eggs are gonna like be gone okay. in another few years first of all yeah
0: what what if you're single for the next three years be i the mean the best years of my
1: life yeah i mean
0: there's still a lot that can happen yeah. and probably brings us to like a greater conversation of the value that's The value and pressure that's placed on women. Yeah, it's Can we talk about that? Because I know it consciously is flawed, but subconsciously it rules my life. uh, Yeah, I know it's an issue, too. I'm 27 for context, which is obviously so much older. (laughs) But there's, like, a greater context of, like, see, a a man's value seems to increase with age. Yes, I'm so annoyed about that. And it's glamorized. They are... Further established George in their Clooney. career. Oh my God. Yeah, they, you know, they're super
1: sp- hot, super attractive.
0: But the people that they're dating, the age doesn't change. And there's kind of like a women's value decreases. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it in air quotes. I don't truly believe this, but as But she society definitely, definitely. Yes. Definitely yes. So, that. especially, I think there's also an underlying of like, you know, we were both in school where we're mm-hmm. surrounded by people all our own age. The dating pool is everyone. And then yeah. you, you get out and it's like, Oh, I see people at work, I see people at the gym, yes. I see people at XYZ.
1: And all of my cousins and friends are girls, so I'm like, where am I supposed to run into these
0: men? Yeah, I don't know, maybe the internet, like, I don't know.
1: Oh, girl, I online date all the time. But <laughs> online dating is a culture in itself, because it is yeah. so weird, because, like, every everyone, Tinder is, like, more hookup, but, like, Hinge and stuff, like, you're on there with the intention to delete the app, to, like, date. Yeah. So it's, like everyone has like in like really serious intentions but that. like and, and like not necessarily like some people like want short term but like, people like want a date so they want a relationship yeah but so you're like, going like asking all these like serious questions yeah but then like two weeks later you like never ever talk again so it's this really like weird situation where it's like really like hot and cold like we are like yeah. seeing if we're compatible okay we, we're not compatible now we
0: just never talk again and it's like really intense and then all of a sudden just like nothing. And Which, it's like I hate when that happens all yeah. over messaging. Like I would always yeah. try to be like, I'm not gonna divulge that much info. Let's make sure we still have a pulse and yeah. then we can meet up because I'm not gonna get too invested.
1: Yes. Before I'd like, even met also, you. Like, I don't wanna waste my time and yeah. I don't wanna like I feel like time is so valuable that I don't wanna give up like a Friday night to get drinks if We're not, if you don't want children, you know what I mean? Like, I know I do, for sure. So, do you have, like, the
0: wants kids? Yes, so I
1: do have the wants kids. And I was just, like, there was someone who I was seeing who was, like, open to children. Mm. And then that, like, ended up being, like, one of the reasons why we, like, stopped talking after a Mm -hmm. month. Because, like, their version of having kids was, like, like, having them because he felt like he owed it to his mom and dad. And then, but, like, his understanding is, like, his mom and dad would kind of raise them, and then he would just come around for the big stuff. Jesus. And
0: that's not my understanding <laughs> of having kids. You that's know what I like mean? like, how kids grow up with, like, maybe some different traumas. But, yeah, that's that's pretty I mean, serious. in my opinion,
1: yeah. It's like playing with fire. Yeah, but, like, who am I to say that I'm right? You know what I mean? Yeah, no,
0: that's a good point, I guess.
1: But in my <sighs> opinion, I was like, yeah, that's definitely not how I saw yes. having kids going. So that's, like, really great information to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he was so forward about it. Because at first I was kind of like, dude, like, we've only been talking for a month. Like, we don't really need to, like, dive this deep. Like, we're having fun. But now I'm, really grateful that he did because it saved us a lot of time. And, like, a lot of pain. Like, breaking up after a month is sad for, like, a day. But, like, if you were, like, six months down the road, then it's sad for longer. You know? Like, I really appreciate, like, covering those topics early yeah.
0: on. I think... That's maybe one of the differences between, like, me online dating, like, this past year versus, like, even, like, in college. It was more just, like, oh, like... True. Like, Tinder more so. But then now it was kind of like, okay, I'd rather just, like, these are my, like, these are my things, you know. Know them in advance. If this is an issue, like, I... And part of it's maybe being more comfortable as we age with ourselves yes, and who we so are I and mean, do okay, we can't. And knowing that not everybody's going to like you and that's yeah. just fine. Yeah.
1: Like, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. That one, I did not. I did not learn that lesson gracefully.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's also like an ongoing, you know, it's a light, one of those lifelong things possibly.
1: And I think I have like a really... I mean, I hate the word obnoxious, but like growing up, I was called obnoxious a lot, which mm. I can like see. But it's definitely really like not. It's definitely like a negative term, like calling someone. There's obnoxious. a negative
0: connotation. Yeah, and so
1: it's like I get really sensitive when people don't like me because I have a very
0: like, like. Yeah, but the positive spin is that you have like a lively personality True. and you're like energizing True. to be around, kind Face of thing. Box. Like it's you know like. Thank you. I
1: don't yeah know. see that's why I, like at this point in my life i've accepted that some people will see it as a value and mm-hmm. i want to be with those people yeah some people will find it annoying and those aren't my people yeah no i mean that's that's <sighs> but that was a hard,
0: hard lesson though. for me to learn yeah
1: or like even at work like ADHD like yeah like um like kids think I'm fun like we have a great time together right yeah, like it's like
0: the target target
1: market or whatever like sometimes I need to be like okay guys like I need to be serious today because we need to like learn this lesson you know what I mean like we can't be joking around yes but the downside is like I forgot one of my students conferences because I have time blindness like that's like a part of ADHD is time blindness oh. and it's like that happens all the time or like yeah. I was being observed and just like miss part of my lesson because I forgot because I have ADHD and just like as much as it's like a strength like mm-hmm. as being a teacher it's also like a downfall in a lot of ways because yeah. like teachers have to like keep a lot organized and like have a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. And like I forget things
0: <laughs> yeah that's I think that would be challenging. It but. is
1: really hard, and it's so hard not to, like, shame myself for it, because I get so disappointed, and, like, my team is so kind, and they're, you know, like, really, it's not that big of a deal, but, like, I feel like I let myself down because I know this about myself. Like, I know I should have put it on my, I know I should have put the conference on my personal calendar so that it was on my watch all day long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so you have, like, the events come up on your watch? Yeah, like, I need to have my watch because it, like, it tells me, like, where I need to be, and I... Literally will forget within a matter of five minutes. Oh. And I also um like put a lot of post-it notes and I like have a lot of systems for organizing because mm-hmm. I have like an executive functioning disability. Mm-hmm. And so it's like definitely like it's like a strength because now I can teach these kids now I can teach kids strategies, right? Like yeah. <laughs> one of my students, their mom have been, like ha- they've been asking me for months if their student is wearing glasses to my class. And oh I keep forgetting to remind the student. <laughs> and I just like put a post-it note on my lesson plan. So like, I also have super in depth lesson plans oh, I because I forget everything, right? So I am like like have super intense graphic organizers and I just like put a post it note, like make like make student go back and get glasses. And it was actually like, I think a really cool moment because the student and I have the same disability, we both have ADHD, and so I could, like, show, like, hey, like, your mom has been asking me for two months, and I keep forgetting, so I put this post-it note on here, because post-it notes are a great tool, (laughs) what does the post-it note say? Go back and get your glasses, you know what I mean? And so then, like, they went back and got their glasses, like, it is, like, a great, like, way to connect, and a great learning opportunity, but it is, like, hard to, like, humble yourself like that, like, especially, like, as a teacher, and just, like, as an
0: adult, you just, like, want to seem like you have it all together. Well, that kind of plays into the hustle culture, too. Yeah. I mean, getting everything done. I mean, what would have been the worst thing if you just moved that part of the lesson to the next day? I mean, right, or no?
1: And it wouldn't have been a big deal at all, except for I was being observed. Oh, okay. So then I didn't show any competence of knowledge, so I, like, lost. Like, I didn't, like, lose points, but, like, I Does that kind of make sense? Like, it's hard to explain it quickly, but, like, let's say, like, I lost points Mm -hmm. because I didn't include that in my lesson, Mm -hmm. which, like, the kids were fine because they knew the content, and we have been working on it for, like, a week, Mm -hmm. um, and I could just do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I already demonstrated, like, competence of the knowledge, like, a few days before, but for the sake of my observation, I didn't get points for it. And, like, you don't get points, but I didn't get that, like just to simplify it I'm just gonna pretend it's a point system okay and I'm, I didn't get I'm points believing it. for that
0: okay yeah does that kind
1: of make sense I so I it. yeah. like it's like it's fine in the end but I think especially like living in America where we have hustle culture and perfectionism I it really beat myself up for these things and I really shame myself for these
0: things mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's tough I, I feel it too probably not in the exact same ways but um, but still just as valid yeah, my my work is less like where I'm creating um, a plan and, and presenting it to people where it feels like more like things are happening to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's it's un- unpredictable and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I have less control over what I put out there. I mm-hmm. more so have to manage what gets thrown at me, which mm-hmm. can also be stressful because yeah. some days it's a lot, some days it's slower and mm-hmm. you kind of have to go from there, but... Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, I kind of said this in the first episode, but I just, like, truly believe in education so much. And I've learned so much being a teacher this year. Yeah. And there's two ideas that I really, really love. The first one is that mistakes are valuable.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: I believe Mistakes that. are so valuable because they give us so much information and you can't learn without making mistakes. Yeah. And I really never knew that until, like, I went back to college and, like, started, like, hearing about that. Mm-hmm. in the education world and the second one is called self-efficacy mm. it's like i want to butcher this but like e f f i yeah i yeah a n c y maybe you know i just did their fast i don't
0: think there should be an n in there maybe an efficacy? efficacy maybe
1: not
0: E F F I C A C Y. potentially Anyways, I'm really
1: proud because I just saw those, I just saw those letters in my mind.
0: Good, good. Yes! Oh
1: my god. I feel like I'm like Superman. Oh, oh my god. But anyways, so that life has, that concept has changed my life because it's the belief that you have the ability to do something. Oh yeah. And I realized. That's the title. Yeah, that I literally had no belief in my ability to do anything. I had no belief in my ability to get out of bed or, like, keep my apartment clean. Like, the basic... I don't know, that's sounding like another problem. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real Probably have that one, too. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yes.
0: Believe in self. A lot of people sell themselves short before they even give their... You need to give yourself the opportunity to fail, and it's better just to try and see, because you don't know.
1: And failing is super helpful. Like I think that's really what changed for me is like viewing mistakes as helpful and valuable. Yeah, I think that's like celebrating mistakes. What do you say?
0: Failing forward or something. It's like failing
1: forward, growth mindset. uh, It sounds like asset framing. I
0: don't know that one.
1: (laughs) Asset framing is like where you view everything in. Okay, this is going to be a really funny example, but, like, I have to fart right now, and it could be like, oh, goodness, like, I have to fart, bummer, I shouldn't have, like, ate so much food today. Like, asset framing would be like, wow, I'm so lucky to have food easily accessible, and a bowel system that works correctly. That.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is a way to spin it. Um... Trying to connect it to anything else, but I don't <laughs> know if I can. So <laughs> all right. Uh yeah. So so hustle awesome, culture. <laughs> there's a lot of positive aspects to it and there's a lot of negative aspects. I mean, if it's overrunning your life, mm-hmm. if it's affecting your personal relationships and mm-hmm. your I'm, I'm trying to figure out if you actually have to
1: fart. No, of course I do. Pause. My humor is like half truth. And I think the fact that it's half true is why it's funny. No, oh, I mean, you got know to I mean? have a little
0: skin in the game, I guess.
1: Yes, if there's no skin in the game, then it's just
0: it's just not as funny. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap up this. I'm going to close around the episode. Um, all
1: things, all things have pros and cons.
0: Yeah. You know, including hustle culture, including my ADHD. Mm-hmm yep we'll just leave our listeners with that how have you used hustle culture in your life (laughs) what are some positives what are some negatives (laughs) and uh like i said it's january so time to get out there start hustling hustling. hustling
1: new year's resolutions i'm being a
0: little bit sarcastic you don't have to if you don't want to
1: um resolutions is so last year this year it's all about intentions excuse me oh
0: i'm just doing that thing or
1: i think of a word Ooh, I love that. I did both. I did intention and Oh, I'm not actually
0: thinking of a word. Oh, my, I am a little my bit My
1: word is a hyphenated word. Self efficacy.
0: Oh god. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> and of course I took a cute photo and posted it on Instagram. I was like I think I saw that. You know what? Was I maybe doing a dance was I dancing?
0: And I post a lot of Instagram co- I, content, and I can't always keep up. I post, like, <laughs> once a year, and then I, like, it's too much.
1: This is so lame, but I
0: love Instagram. Like, genuinely, I think it's so fun. I mean, that's good. I'm too stressed about it, and I don't do anything okay, interesting. Okay, I'm
1: also really stressed about it. So my photography Instagram, I never post on that, because it actually feels like it's, like, weighted like and there's pressure. Product, yeah. So I never post on it. But my personal one, I'm like, anyone who knows me personally already knows that I have, like... I'm shameless and I wear my heart on my sleeves. So I really like feel like I don't have much to lose. Okay, now don't take that as like a threat. Like truly, don't try to like ruin me on Instagram because I am a sensitive human and I have feelings and emotions. But I don't know. I just think it's like fun. Like I think it's fun to make content and I love like like. Like, visuals and, like, graphic design, I think, is so fun. I just love, like, the power of, like, words and, like, I guess I'm a really expressive person. It's like a
0: journal for you.
1: It's like a journal. It's like a multimedia journal. Mm -hmm. I have sound. I have visuals. I have a video. I have a photo. I have words. Mm -hmm. I can use Canva
0: and make some graphics. We will be using Canva. Oh, I love Canva. I don't have like a pro account. Anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's put a close. I thought we had a closer on this episode. I'm, I'm so <laughs>
1: That's me in a nutshell. Like, this is why I need you because I need some. I need a closer. I'm
0: just a starter and I need a closer. Okay. This is, this is the closer. Um, hustle culture and productivity can be a starter, but just remember to have a closer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Pros a- and cons to all things balance in life. Yeah.
1: All right, we out.